The Hornets go after Mike D'Antoni again after Kenny Atkinson goes back to Golden State. But there's plenty of other things to talk about. Let's talk about all the latest rumors and what the Hornets could do on draft night today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and we're available on all platforms. That includes YouTube, by the way. One live NBA draft show is not enough for Locked On, by the way. Every show is going live on draft night. So join me and Doug 15 minutes after our pick at Locked On Hornets on YouTube for the immediate reaction from your local experts. Subscribe now to Locked On Hornets so you know when we go live. Doug, are you ready for draft night? Are you ready to move past all of the other rumors circulating around this team before we even get the draft night, which is um, in a little more than 24 hours from now? Yeah, this uh, listen, this offseason, I've said it's going to be the most important offseason in Hornets history. And I think it's been one of the more hectic offseasons in Hornets history. So I am ready for this draft uh, to be completed because I think then, Walker, we will finally have some indication, some of the fog that has been over this organization, the confusion that has been over this organization about exactly what direction they want to head in this next season and beyond. Some of that will be lifted. Doug, I, I don't know what off-seasons compare to it. I, I think it's been that crazy. Like, number one, at least recently, I, I just I can't even put anything close to this one, at least what we've seen really in recent Charlotte Hornets history. Part of that is because they've had to go through this coaching search. We thought it was done. We've already addressed that Kenny Atkinson goes back on his word. We've discussed the problems with the Charlotte Hornets, what they did wrong here. And we discussed Kenny Atkinson, where it's really his fault for most of this, not having some of the details figured out, but also deciding that he and his family don't want to move from the Bay Area over to the city of Charlotte, which means that they have to go back to their other guy that they had in the final group, which Terry Stotts keeps being mentioned. I feel like, I feel get like out of Terry, here, Stotts. <laughs> get out of here, Terry. We're not hey, talking to you. Hey, Terry. Hey, go join Andre Drummond. Stop it. We want to talk with Mike D'Antoni. Apparently, Michael Jordan isn't messing around either, and he's talking to Mike D'Antoni right from the rip as soon as they have to refresh this coaching search again. So it was Woj yesterday. You guessed it immediately upon us ending the recording session of our show it's happened three times now where within 30 minutes of us ending our recording uh, breaking news takes place with the hornets but here's Woj. mike d'antoni is set to meet with charlotte hornets owner michael jordan on the franchise's coaching job uh, job today sources tell espn d'antoni was the other charlotte finalist before kenny atkinson changed his mind on accepting position and staying in goal and when you State say when Saturday. you say today when you say today that do you mean yesterday, yesterday? Yep, that's right. That, that's what and he, for those watching maybe a day from now, we mean Tuesday. Yeah, if you're watching after the draft, then we mean Tuesday on the 21st. June 21st. Yeah, um, we'll stop there. I think you get the picture by now. I think that probably makes 20, sense. If you're watching a year from now, it was the year 2022. <laughs> we are digging the time capsule for you to open up a decade later and say, oh, that's when Woj dropped that tweet. That's when he put it out there. Is this job as good as Mike D'Antoni's as long as he wants it, Doug? Is there anybody else or like, is it basically Mike's job to say, no, I don't want it. If you know, like, it, it, they can't be interested in anybody else right now. 
I don't think so. It seems like and the immediacy with which this meeting convened, I think, is is the indicator there that it's that it's Mike D'Antoni. And if it's not Mike D'Antoni, then I anticipate a just full re restack the deck, maybe bring back Sweeney, bring back some of these <laughs> yeah, names that we saw it. earlier I, I in the it. process. Yeah. And look, at that point, it gets scary because then you're competing with this other job that opened the Utah Jazz. Remember, the Jazz job opened. Quinn Snyder, he's gone. Not Doesn't seem to be interested in taking another head coaching gig at this time. And they opened a very wide search that is still continuing. So, And and maybe that's why you go immediately back to D'Antoni because you know the competition is not going to be as fierce there because it doesn't appear like the Jazz really are, are directing any attention towards D'Antoni at this point. Uh, so it's all about whether D'Antoni – and I, I'm – curious and I don't know that we'll never ever know the answer to this but I'm curious as to if they have to make if the team has to make any extra concessions at this point I called it in the last show a second fiddle premium but I think they should pay a 50 win premium you know Mike D'Antoni has a lot of credit a lot of clout. oh he said it he said it yes 50 wins. let's go that's what I want I want 50 wins Mike D'Antoni's proven he can do it let's go well, and the premium and the premium being I'm interested to see if it gets reported because so often when you see these coaching salaries mm -hmm. come in, well, I guess the point is you don't you see these deals come in every once in a while, you might get the length on that contract, but you never really get how much money that coach is making. But because it is somewhat of a hot topic, it's a question that we have now for Mike D'Antoni. Do you have to give up more because he clearly is the second option in this practice? Then I wonder if Jake Fisher, Woj, Shams, whoever has the intel is going to seek that question, seek that answer out and then put it out there. And then maybe we can get some more clarity on that. I, I think as far as the way this happens with Mike D'Antoni is, is that if you give him more money, I wonder if there has to be any like roster concessions, personnel decision-making concessions mm -hmm. to be made mm -hmm. from Mitch Kupchak. I don't know if Mike D'Antoni's interested in that, Doug. Like, if you think about it, the most recent version of D'Antoni we've seen has been with the Houston Rockets, where it was clearly Daryl Morey making all of those decisions. Now, he did it with Mike D'Antoni in mind, which is something Mitch Kupchak can do as well, but that was Daryl Morey's show. You go back to, like, the Knicks. I, I, I forget if he had full power with the Knicks. I, I, I forget if up. that was something he did. Um, but yeah, like at least we just know about what he did with the Rockets. I don't know if that's something that has to happen. The way this doesn't take place where Dan Tony doesn't become a member of the Hornets. It's because he doesn't want this job. He's like, you know what? I, I don't want it because you already gave it to Kenny Atkinson. And I just feel like maybe this isn't the right fit. I, I was doing some, some reflecting and maybe you guys are right. Maybe you guys are right to go after Kenny and now I don't want it anymore. But I, I do think the power is pretty much with Mike D'Antoni right now, unless his demands are so much so that the Hornets feel uncomfortable abiding by those. Yeah. And I, and, and some of those concessions could be on the assistant coaching uh, front, like they were with Kenny Atkinson. Are they more willing with D'Antoni yeah. uh, to, to open up the pocketbooks? Do you want to mess around? Do you want to get embarrassed a second Does time and D'Antoni walk away oh. from this process? Like, what would that look like if, if suddenly Kenny accepts, walks away, and then you have another news article that says D'Antoni walks away and then something leaks about the, you know, I, I know Boylan yeah. was a name that, that D'Antoni wanted. Well, they didn't want to give it up for Boylan. So, which, is, which, which is probably a good practice, but also it's like, man, let the coach you hire uh, figure out who he wants to be on his staff. That I wonder if the media scares, if this is true, 
you know, for the Hornets. I wonder if the media scares the Hornets into relenting on that. Okay, fine. We'll let a novel idea. We'll let the head coach come up with their own staff. Yeah, it would be nice. Um, also, I, I'm sure D'Antoni wants to know the direction of this franchise, and I think if you hire a D'Antoni, you are not you're not messing around at that point. It's it's not about oh a five year or a ten year plan. I mean, it's about okay, we got to win as as soon as possible. Um, so, and I'm sure I'm sure D'Antoni. I, I don't think that D'Antoni is necessarily interested in who the Hornets draft specifically, but the but they have the two first round picks. So I'm, I'm sure he's interested, hey, are, are we going to utilize that at all in order to build a roster that, that I think I can win with as opposed to, you know, stashing a couple of rookies for, you know, who knows how long and who knows if they even work out. So those, those are the kind of questions that I'm sure they're they're working over. Contract numbers itself, you know, how much is he going to get paid? That's, that's a big question. Uh, you know, I hope they get it done because, again, I think having Kenny yeah. walk away was embarrassing for even though I, I put all – I put most, if not – Again, if these reports are true, then I put some of it on the organization. But the way Kenny Atkinson handled it, I think, was not great. Uh, but if you have another head coach walk away, then I think everyone around the league goes, what the heck is going on over there? Why can't they get this done? Yeah, no, I hope that doesn't happen either. I, I want this to get done. I want Mike D'Antoni. He was both of our first choices when it came to these Kenny Atkinson, D'Antoni candidates, and we'll see if it ends because up being Because of what Mike he can unlock with LaMelo Ball. We don't talk enough about that guy on this show, LaMelo Ball. He's pretty big deal, pretty big key part of the Hornets' future, and D'Antoni, more than Sean Sweeney or any of these other names that were floating out there, D'Antoni, to me, is a lock to make LaMelo Ball, uh, to help LaMelo Ball become the superstar that we all know he can be. All right, let's move on to the next segment where we won't really have LaMelo Ball be the focus. Maybe we can sprinkle him in there. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Challenging me, I'll do it. (laughs) I have another question about this head coaching um, search, whether it be Mike D'Antoni and something that has been a theme the entire time for Charlotte. I want to get to that, plus some of the other rumors that have been going around with the Charlotte Hornets team. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs, sports info, all that good stuff. You can find the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action bet online where the game starts. Let's talk more about the coaching search. Plus, are the Hornets going to move up for a certain player in the NBA draft? We'll get to all of that coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. You are listening to the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Unless Mitch has Buzz on his lap and Buzz is sort of Santa the vent- style. The- I like it. Oh, yeah. Or ventriloquist, you know, <laughs> well, let's know. How, how much ventrilo- ventriloquist are yeah. we going? I don't think anything. or I don't, I don't want to go that much. Whoa, yeah, I don't want to go with ventriloquist. Let's go. I like the Santa style a little bit more. Either one is creepy. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast.
know, the next question that I had about the head coaching search before we move on to the three-team trade that the Hornets could be involved in, Lakers Ooh, are starting to be. I love a good three-team spicy sausage. I don't know if I want this one, though, but we'll get to that in just a moment. The other question I had about the head coaching search, like Mike D'Antoni, Terry Stotts, if you move on from D'Antoni, and, and Stotts has been that guy, too, you know, the, the Hornets, it was also reported that they want somebody with head coaching experience. And so while they might have done their due diligence on a Sean Sweeney, Darvin Ham before he was named the Lakers coach, David Vanderpool was in that mix as well. They want somebody with head coaching experience. Now, the problem, if D'Antoni says no to that, and Terry Stotts has always felt like the insider that feels like an outsider, mm-hmm. then that pool shrinks up mightily. You know, the guys that have coached in the league before that are not among your top three choices had short stints and it didn't work out for a reason. So Kenny goes back to Golden State. There's one guy off the block. Mike D'Antoni, in this hypothetical scenario, he moves on. So you don't get a 50-win guy that's been to the conference finals that was ahead of the game on this small ball three-point shooting stuff. Then you go to Terry Stotts, who had his nice success, the one conference finals appearance with Portland, after that, who who has the head coaching experience? Like Mark Jackson, but I don't want Mark Jackson. Uh, you know, yell at me okay. in the comments all you want to. We've talked about Mark Jackson and all of the problems. You can check that episode out. But there's a, there's a ton of stuff. I, who else is there? Like I, I mean, Quinn Snyder, who doesn't want to coach, not this year. He wants to wait for the Spurs job. That's at least what is reported. That's the problem, right? Like that just kind of that kind of adds to the problems if Mike D'Antoni decides to move on. And you know what? I don't want the Charlotte Hornets job. Yeah, I I agree with all of that. I think uh, the Mark Jackson thing is interesting because if the Hornets do have Mike D'Antoni walk away, I think it would, if you're a Frank Vogel or a Terry Stotts, make you start to wonder like what's, what's happening there that they can't get this deal done. But Mark Jackson, on the other hand, seems to be very eager to get back into the game. And he's interviewed a thousand times. It seems like with, with uh, several different organizations and and seems I know to really we got one with get... the Kings this year. I, I don't. That's no, the thing. I'm though, not right? talking about just this year. I'm talking about over over the years since he's been out of out of the game. He's he's had several opportunities to get back in the game and hasn't been able to seal the deal. So there there yeah. that at that point it would even the leverage. You know, Mark Jackson wants to get back in the game. The Hornets uh, have had a few people walk away. Uh, it, it could be a situation that that ends up with uh, Mark Jackson being the name at that point. Well, yeah. And, if you're and still, if that. you're just concrete in the head coaching experience, if you can't walk away from that idea and you don't want to completely reset the search, whether you like it or not, I mean that that would be that would be a name that would seem to make sense. That be just because he was the head coach. Also, Steve Clifford is another name. Let's just go back to Steve. Hey, that would yeah. <laughs> Let's bring him back. I don't man. see that happening. I, uh, no, I don't either. All right, let's talk about some of the other rumors going around. Kevin O'Connor continues to talk about the idea of Russell Westbrook going to the Charlotte Hornets in a deal that would send Kyrie Irving to L.A., Russell Westbrook to Charlotte, and Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, maybe to the Nets. Or maybe you could send Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier, or Gordon specifically, to L.A., you know, all of these scenarios basically end up with Charlotte taking on Russell Westbrook's money and getting rid of one of the two larger contracts that they have before they get Miles Bridges taken care of. That would be Gordon making over 30 million the next two years or Terry Rozier making close to 25 mil the next four. Um, what do you make of the Hornets trying to involve themselves to shed salary? How legitimate do you feel this is? And what are the chances that you think this gets done? 
Russell Westbrook joins Miles Turner in the won't go away All Star team for the Charlotte Hornets. Like a, these rumors persist, and and I think these rumors are persisting. Walker, not it, it has really very little to do with Russell Westbrook, and, and very much to do with the situation that the Lakers and the Charlotte Hornets find themselves in, both with players with massive contracts that don't match the output. The Hornets with Hayward. Uh, and the the Lakers with Westbrook and Miles Bridges. The the murmurs seem to be happening here that the the organization may look to move Gordon and Ter and or Terry. Uh, not not even because of output, uh, but because Terry, I mean, has been a, a pretty vital piece to this to the offensive explosion that happened last season. Uh, but they would be willing to move off of his money as well because you have this situation where they want to re-sign Miles Bridges. I think that much is clear. The organization wants to bring back Miles and pair those, you know, pair, pair Miles with Lamelo and and use that as the first step in a in a young core. Uh, but they don't want to do it. It doesn't seem like they want to do it and go into the luxury tax, which. You know, if you go into the $29, $30 million range for Miles Bridges and you retain the salaries of Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, you add two first-round picks into there, uh, you you keep Kelly Oubre, you've already guaranteed Mason Plumley's money. So if you do all of that, if you run it back, essentially, you are in real danger of either not getting any better, maybe getting worse, or you got to go into the luxury tax to acquire, you know, to use that mid-level exception. So... Uh, this could be a situation where the Hornets don't have to do any of this to re-sign Miles, but might do it to save a buck. Well, and and I don't, but the thing is, you can still duck the tax even if you bring on a Miles Bridges at the max. You don't even have to waive, I believe, your Mason Plumley. Which, by the way, they can't now because that date has gone and passed. That was yesterday, where yeah. the Charlotte Hornets had to make that decision whether they were going to guarantee his salary or waive him. And now it's at nine million on the books for the Charlotte Hornets this season, unless they trade him, which is still a huge option, maybe in some kind of salary filler case, whatever. So I don't if if you dislike Mason, if you like him. I wouldn't feel too comfortable either way because he still could be moved, but that decision has been made. Kelly Oubre, we still don't know if they're going to waive him or trade him. Um, we don't know what's going to happen. Like Nick Richards seems like a wave candidate more so than all of them. So there are names to be yes, considered I'm here. Already waving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So all of that is it, Miles Bridges can still max out. You can still hand him a max contract, but you can't still. do anything else. That's the point. Like they said, they, they've got the Cody Martin situation. Yeah. They've got whatever they would want to add in the off season. You can't do anything else or you go into the tax. And again, I think a lot of fans would go, okay, fine. Go into the tax. Let's win. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, it, that or the, this organization ha- has very rarely felt like even entertaining that idea. Be, be, the idea being that, Okay, we go into the luxury tax when we're sure that we've got a we've got a winner here, not when we're we're building on potential, and that's what this would be. Yeah, that's just bad. Not only is it bad business for Michael Jordan, you might be one of those people saying it's not my money. I don't care. Not my money. And, and th- I think that's where that phrase actually is attributed. I, I can see that, but it's also just bad practice as a basketball team to max out that kind of money for a squad that isn't competing. You know, not not on yeah. You don't care about losing Michael Jordan's money because it's not yours. That makes sense. But it's also not good for your basketball team that you're a fan of. Like, let's go ahead and spend our money the right way to have this team compete in the postseason. Now, if you actually get to the second round, and let's say you go to a seven-game series, a six-game series where the ball bounces one way or the other, then that outcome could flip. I think at that time, 
you go ahead and get into the luxury tax to see if this team can get to their first ever conference finals. That's the time for me. I don't know what your measuring stick is there, but that's the kind of situation I would deem fit for a luxury tax team. And Michael Jordan would need to go ahead and open up his wallet for that. My measuring stick goes from zero to 50. 50 wins. Can we win in more than 50? Or does it have to be just 50? I will settle for 50. It stops at 50. Fair enough. That's, All right. That's, you know, and, and so I, <laughs> this whole stuff with the assistant coaches and then this, you know, this idea of, oh, okay, we've got to, we've got to move these contracts, you know, so that we can make room for a contract that we could absolutely just do without moving these contracts. But there's this idea that we want to move these contracts. This, all of it is a little bit disheartening. Like it just seems uh, it just seems a little unserious in the and, sense that you thought we got out of it. Oh, unserious. Uh, I, I w- explain. Why do you think unserious? Unserious about winning. Uh, unserious about s- seriously putting together a roster around Lamelo Ball that can compete for an Eastern Conference championship. And the clock's ticking. And, and I and I just I'm I'm a little worried that we're just wasting time. Yeah, I don't think that is the scenario that makes them unserious i i think trying to bring back miles bridges is good practice even if you have to go into the max the i don't know if unserious was a part of it because you signed terry rogier to that contract last year to try to make sure you have some kind of foundation even if i didn't like it you tried to bring back somebody that mattered to this team at least for the last couple of years in order to get you to 40 wins not 50 but to 40 and well, the miles, the miles bridges thing, and we really haven't talked a lot about this and how this factors into everything and why this is happening right now. And it's simple. This miles bridges ascension such that it is snuck up on the organization. They weren't prepared for it. They weren't prepared for miles bridges to make this kind of leap. And it could have been even, I mean, it could have been even bigger leap. I mean, we could be talking about miles bridges as you know, coming off an all-star year and and absolutely making the max, no question. They actually have a little bit more wiggle room than they than they could have potentially had. But the fact is, to even entertain the idea of of twenty nine, you know, twenty five to twenty nine million is something that you you could not have imagined unless that last season happened. Yeah, well, and and that's that is what's made me frustrated so much about the Hornets going back to last year, and that that's what makes me the most angry, Doug. Because even if you did not see Miles Bridges expanding his game to such as it is today, I was always under the impression that the Hornets needed to make sure they could be prepared for that if it did happen for Miles or whoever. But they decided to give that money already having Gordon Hayward under contract to Terry Rozier, and they gave Miles Bridges this, like, $15 million a year contract, which, like, I always thought that was low. You know, I, that, that's the thing that scares me, right? I, I've defended the Hornets organization in the sense that, you know, this luxury tax conversation. It's okay to move on from Kimball Walker. I don't know if I'm going to call Michael Jordan 100% cheap yet. The assistant coach thing, you know, that's, that's indefensible. But when you talk about paying players – the fifteen million dollar a year, you know, contract offer to Miles was low even then. It was low even then, and so now here we are talking about thirty. 
are they going to lowball miles? That that's what I've said it a million times. This is when we're going to find the evidence on how they want to operate and how serious they are about winning, keeping young foundational players a part of this organization, even if it means overspending. This is the contract we're going to find that out about. And this Moving would on. be a lot. This would be a lot easier if Gordon Hayward had been healthy last season. <laughs> It then you would have be. at All least right. had some, at least had some legs to stand on, if you will. I will. All right, coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, we're going to talk about one player that the Hornets could trade up for. There are rumors circulating about just what are the many that maybe the Hornets are interested in moving up, but also just what pick are they going to get rid of. 15, 13, are they going to get rid of it for Miles Turner? They're going to get rid of it for a certain NBA draft prospect. We'll talk about that in just a moment. All right, you know how our friends at Build are always coming out with amazing new flavors. Well, this time, Build has truly outdone themselves with their new Mud Pie flavor. And for the first time ever, Build is introducing the new Mud Pie flavor in both Mud Pie Bar and Mud Pie Puff. Uh, Mud Pie Puff. That's hard to say. Mud Pie Puff. Go get it. I don't care how I'm uh, pronunciating it or not. Not sure what mud pie tastes like? Well, if you're a chocolate fan, you better sit down for this one because the new mud pie bar is rich whipped cream and it's chocolate mousse. It's smothered in 100% real chocolate. It's topped with cookies and cream. Uh, it's so crumbly. It's so very good. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, let's go to the next segment here on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Neither Miles Bridges or P.J. Washington yeah, is an Anthony go. Tolliver. I'll tell you that here much right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anthony Tolliver. You say, this is your fault. You curse this. You curse the Hornets. You curse this show by disrespecting the name of Anthony Tolliver. And he had his revenge game against the Charlotte Hornets. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I want to address a couple of things going on. One, just an awful read for me. I'm sorry, Bilt Bar. The mud pie, the bar, the P's and the B's, that got me really messed up on how to make sure I got those right. The other thing is, I've done the last probably 20 minutes not being able to see Doug whatsoever, and I wanted to make sure that he had the time to realize it, but I have not been able to see him on the screen. So there we go. He's got a beautiful face, and I want to see it, and he denied me that. The last 20, 15 minutes, though. Have you been doing anything weird when you've been talking? You could have said that the break, and you said you wasted the people's time. I did. I did. I did say it during the break, but you couldn't hear me. I said it. Hey, I can't see you. I said it both during both breaks. Talk louder. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. This is Kenny Atkinson's fault. This is Doug Branson's fault. It's not my fault. Do you want to get to the second round names? You want to you want to do that the next show, right? Because this is the problem with trying to do a daily podcast. We need to be up to date on everything. This has been such a crazy off season. I, I just like the the draft is just tomorrow, and yet we have not had a chance to talk about that this week with all the coaching news, with everything else going on with this uh, organization. I mean, if you want second round names, I'll, I'll I'll rapid fire them. Right, I won't give you any analysis. I don't have time for that. But I'll say Patrick Baldwin Jr. I'll say Max Christie. Okay. I'll say, I mean, Walker <laughs> Kessler. Maybe I, I've seen him at nineteen. I've seen him at forty nine. I don't know. Yeah, I've seen him at, had, I mean, uh, the... yeah, Stamen wants him at seventy. That, that that doesn't even exist. That pick's not even in, in existence. I'll yeah, give you another one. Kai Soto. The, there Friday you go. Philippines. Uh, the, I mean, so many different names to get to. Uh, I do all those guys. I believe, not Kai Soto, but Patrick Baldwin, Max Christie. They worked out for the Charlotte Hornets. Walker mm-hmm. uh, Walker Kessler did not. Um, at least Kai as far Soto as we know. Did not. 
Yeah. So Ron Harper so Jr. did. Of, He's he'll be Ron Harper Jr. will be down in that yep. zone as well. Yeah. And Again, uh, no you know, time for talk- analysis. Let's move it on. <laughs> Next show. Tomorrow. Okay. So tomorrow's show, which we'll actually be recording today, take you behind the curtain a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, will be a full draft preview show. So we'll get to some second round names. We'll get to some first round names. We'll talk about all the trade talk. Oh boy, we're going to get you ready for this NBA draft. Well, one of the uh, draft things I do want to talk about in this episode before we move on is the Hornets being interested in trading up for Shaden Sharp, apparently. And Shaden Sharp, he's probably the most highly regarded prospect to work out for Charlotte and when this rumor came out I I don't know who had it Doug but I I know when it came out the some of the other um some of the other phrasing there was that other teams were surprised to see him work out for the Hornets who have the highest draft pick right now at that 13th pick uh is that is that something that interests you trading 13 and 15 if he falls to 8 9 10 would you be interested in trading 13 and 15 to go up for Shade and Sharp I would be confused by that I would have to then assume that they saw something uh, pretty stellar in that workout that they just felt like they absolutely couldn't pass up on. Um, I assumed that workout was an indication, and we talked about this with Richard Stamen of the Locked on NBA Big Board, pays attention to a lot of this stuff a lot closer than we do. And I think he was on the same page with me, which is that that workout was more about the floor of his of his draft prospects than than the Hornets being interested in moving up. So it, you know because Shaden Sharp went to Kentucky, kind of, but decided not to play. And there there are some you know some questions about that decision and his game overall that that could you know keep Shaden from being drafted in the top ten, possibly even floating down to thirteen. So I'd be good with them taking Sharp, taking a risk on Sharp. If they really saw something in that workout, I would be, I would be super nervous about it. If Shaden Sharp never even worked out for the Hornets, but since they got a, a look at him, I would be okay with them doing it at thirteen. Not coming away with since there are so many center prospects right there for the Hornets in that thirteen to fifteen zone. Not coming away with one of those would be it. Hard, it would be difficult not to be disappointed by that. Between two, right? between Mark Williams or Jalen Duran, or are you considering to, are, are you going to be happy if they walk away with Walker Kessler or Christian Not a, Coloco? No, I'm 13 or, to 15. I've heard, I've heard enough yeah. people be nervous about Kessler that I'm fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm off the Kessler train, but to not, gotcha. yeah, if, if Mark Williams and or, and or Jalen Duran, I mean, Jalen Duran's number one on my big yeah. board such that it is like if they have, Same you know, and, and that's what thing though, if you, if you move up and take sharp, you are completely taking yourself out of any opportunity to get Duran. I think if they moved yeah, up mean, to get Duran, if they did that same exact thing and moved 13 to 50 to get Duran, I would be super yeah. thrilled by that. Sharp, I'd be yeah. nervous. Right. That's the landing spot I expected you to get to. Uh, I don't know about Shaden Sharp, but I wanted to trade both of these picks to move up and go get Jalen Duran, which I'd welcome, by the way. If we get to eight and nine and – He's still on the board, and you feel nervous enough. Again, here we are talking about the contract situation where you're trying to bring in, at least as your draft picks play out right now, three different rookies on top of some of the projects you already want to save a roster spot for, on top of already the veterans that you still have in play. It would make sense to trade both of those first-round picks to get the guy you truly want that truly fits not only the talent pool but also 
the the need pool this is what you've been needing for some time and that would make a lot of sense on on a bunch of different um on a bunch of different levels whether they move up or move down i I mean i almost feel like it's a guarantee walker that we're going to see something happen in the trade department for the charlotte hornets on draft night because that's been mitch kupchak's mo since he's joined the hornets organization he hasn't really made uh, a bunch of big deals for veteran players in the offseason he has he's He's done a couple of smaller trades. Uh, obviously, the the Harold deal, um, the the Harold deal last season is an example of some smaller moves that he's made using trades. But that Don't hasn't Brad been his, Wanamaker. Yeah, Wanamaker. But it hasn't been his tool of choice except around draft time. He has done some big draft deals to move up, to move down, to move second round picks, to move first round picks. So I I, I fully expect them to do something. Mitch, do something. Yeah, the 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 big ones they were small at the time and they turned out to be big. You know, they he moves up for Devontae Graham. He moves back a spot to get Miles Bridges instead of Shea, which was, you know, big either way that was going to play out, but now here we are talking about potentially Max matching out. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. You no, can't say sure. like look, if you like SGA more than than Miles Bridges, then that's that's fine, but you can't say that that trade d- didn't work out. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, my, and, and for a long time, it did. For a long time, it looked pretty bad. And right. now it doesn't. Not nearly. I mean, and yeah, yeah Miles Bridges, is, we're talking about him getting a max contract. So like those trades did turn out to be pretty damn big. I think they moved up to go get Nick Richards, which doesn't help them, you know, hadn't helped them in the last couple of years. But I think that's true that they moved up to go get Nick Richards. And well. the Devontae Graham situation, I think, um, is working out. It seems like it seems like New Orleans is not totally happy with that contract that they extended to Devontae Graham. Well, you know, what's so what's so great about that is is like it was always <laughs> that you talk about the ball bouncing one way or the other. Like the the fact that the Pelicans got in the literally the last spot you could possibly get in for the Hornets to get this pick and get the best pick possible, it's absolutely amazing. But, you know, but if if the Pelicans lose, then they keep their pick and you know protections there's no protections going on further and further so you just gave Devontae Graham up for nothing but here we are um excellent pick now you have two if I could it put a if I could put a bet down on draft night a prop bet if this prop bet were to exist will the Charlotte Hornets make a trade that would be the only bet that I would put on it wouldn't be Mark Williams uh, going 13 uh it, it wouldn't be anything uh 15 Abaji Although I still have a sneaking suspicion that Abaji ends up with a Hornets cap on. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe he doesn't end up with a Hornets. Maybe it's a trade situation, but I just feel like Abaji. I've had this dream, this prophecy, if you will, that Abaji walks up to the stage and puts a Hornets hat on. We'll see if it, we'll see if it comes true, but I would put a bet down that the Hornets make some kind of deal on draft night because that's just what Cupjack likes to do. He picks up yeah. the phone on draft night. All right, thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. Make your second listen, Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Tulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA draft, mock draft, player rankings, and, of course, big boards. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. We're going to give you an episode tomorrow as well. We're going to be giving you an NBA draft preview, what's best for the Hornets, yes, everything. Try to play it at content. all bunch, a whole bunch of different angles. Content. And then we're going to be giving you something draft night, which I imagine More you can content. access via YouTube 
anywhere you get your podcast, then we will play that again on Friday. So, so even if you feel like you missed it NBA Draft Night, you can get it that next Friday. So much content, content is right. You're going to get it. You're going to get more content right here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast.